Attention cannabis radio listeners. Do you suffer from chronic pain, anxiety, depression, or PTSD? These are the most common qualifying conditions for medical cannabis. Did you know that in many states you can visit a doctor online with no waiting rooms, no drive, not even an appointment needed? See a doctor right from your smartphone. It's fast, convenient, and it'll save you money as most states don't collect taxes on medical cannabis purchases. So what are you waiting for? Go to MarijuanaDoctors.com slash Cannabis Radio and get $5 off your on-demand medical card evaluation. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. Let's make that climb together up the The green Green peak Peak. with your host, Richard Zwicky. Hi, everybody. I'm Richard Zwicky with the green peak. And joining us today, we have Jason Klein from Inanna. Um, which is a contract manufacturing firm out of California, specializing obviously in the uh, medic- in the cannabis space. Welcome aboard, Jason. Thank you for having me. So, um, you know, I've been looking at Inanna and I'm becoming more and more familiar with the contract manufacturing aspect of the cannabis industry all the time. Um, you're the president over there. You've got a co-founder, uh, Raquel, who started the company back in August. What's the mandate? I mean, uh, contract manufacturing has a lot of different aspects. Where are you going to focus? Uh, yes. Uh, so our, our focus is definitely on infused uh, edible product manufacturing. Um, we, our, our core competency is, uh, is gummies. We do a, uh, a gelatin gummy. We do a pectin gummy and then also an agar-based gummy. The last two are vegan. Um, in addition, we have a strong, robust line of topical products that we offer to clients, um, tinctures, uh, baked goods, and then we've also got a, a, a fairly amazing custom pre-roll machine uh, at our secondary facility that we process flour at. All right. And so you, um, you, you manufacture everything in-house um, on demand for customers. Uh, you supply through California, anywhere else? Uh, just California for the moment. Uh, there, there will be expansion uh, nationally at some point once the federal legalization kicks in. But for now, just California. Sure. No, and that's perfectly reasonable. So, um, you know, you came into the space from the real estate sector, I believe. What that's drew correct. you to um, cannabis and specifically the manufacturing end of the industry? Yeah, so I had a, uh, I had a long career as a real estate broker, and then starting in 2015, uh, I transitioned and started focusing exclusively on cannabis real estate, um, and I was one of, if not the first, uh, commercial broker I know to start focusing exclusively on cannabis, so through the last four years, um, I gained a large network of clients that were in the industry that were located either in California or multi-state operators. Um, and, uh, when, when I had met Raquel, our CEO, um, we, I shared her vision to, uh, start a manufacturing company. Um, the, the vast majority of consumer product goods in traditional industries are done through white label or contract manufacturing. Uh, that's a big gaping hole in California. Uh, mm-hmm. so we saw the need that we could fill that and offer a service to clients who either didn't have, uh, the facilities to make baked, uh, or edible goods or who didn't have an existing cannabis license and wanted to start putting products on the shelves of uh, dispensaries in California legally. Absolutely. And, you know, companies that have brands and are looking to test out a new market, contract manufacturing is a fantastic way to go about it because you're able to immediately start using the shelf space with a brand that people are familiar with. 
Absolutely. And we, um, you know, one of, one of the niches that we fill that a lot of people don't know about is we are able to work with clients and companies that don't have a cannabis license in the state. And so, um, you know, we have, we have a lot of brands that come from out of state that want to offer their, they've already got proof of concept. They want to offer their product on the shelf in California without having to go through the time and expense of getting their own license. So we're able to service those. Um, and then also we work with a lot of brands and ancillary industries uh, to cannabis, such as CBD clothing. Uh, and we're able to also uh, put products on the shelves for them and act as their license holder uh, for, for their products. Right. You mean hemp clothing, right? Or did uh, you well, mean CBD and clothing as two separate items? I wasn't sure which way you said that. Yeah, two separate items. There are companies okay. that are just in the, the hemp drive CBD space and they want to offer cannabis derived um, products. And then also we work with some clothing companies, uh, you know, skincare companies, uh, ones that are that are in other industries, uh, but want to come into cannabis. Sure. Okay. No, that, that makes that makes good sense. And um, you know, one of the questions that I know some people have asked me about, because I'm, you know, I get a lot of questions for people trying to learn about the industry in general, is uh, with regards to uh, the shipping model within California. So, you know, California, different areas have different deliveries. So, some it's dispensary, and then of course there's some that is delivery. How do you work with the different companies? Do you only work with dispensaries, or do you work drop shipping to direct to customers via some of the delivery systems? Yeah, so we uh, we don't for for us we after we manufacture the goods and then uh, we put them through to to distribution and then they mm -hmm. go to retail. We we don't have the control of the the delivery method any any longer at that point. But we do right. work with um, you know storefront uh, dispensaries and also uh, non storefronts, which would be delivery. Um, mm -hmm. None of the clients that we work with are presently doing drop shipping, um, to my knowledge, because it's a little bit of a gray area. There's a couple of companies that. Uh, are offering that, but you, you know, to my knowledge, at least you can't go to FedEx, UPS and, you know, go, go ship your products through California. Um, but I have heard of some, some companies that are offering drop shipping. Sure. No, no, I, I know there are. So, um, you know, that's always, there's different strategies as well for a business to roll out and how it's looking to adopt in the marketplace. So why did Inanna, um, Inanna, um, choose to go into contract manufacturing versus any other area of the industry? Yeah, the uh, the reason that we went in there was just because of the, the gaping hole that we saw um, in, in the contract manufacturing or, or, or white label um, mm -hmm. portion of the industry in, in consumer product goods. There, there are a few other companies that are doing white labeling. Um, there's not a there's not a lot to be honest with you, and um, you know we we had originally thought to launch our own uh, product line, and so we started interviewing uh, other contract manufacturers, and uh, we saw a lot of holes. We saw that either you know it was very difficult to get clear, transparent pricing, or for us to be able to get samples, or even when we wanted to go forward, it was just there was a massive disconnect uh, b between us and them in terms of being them being able to deliver. And so we saw that that was really a, a need in the industry. And from going through the licensing here uh, at our at our Edible facility in Los Angeles, also uh, our CEO has a couple of micro business with on-site retail licenses and some also some retail uh, only dispensaries. But we had seen how long that process takes from the time you apply, the holding costs, the build out costs, all the conditions. It's it's a it's a very expensive process and very lengthy. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we, we really thought that it would be great to be able to, to bring um, instant gratification to other brands in the industry that they could 
um, you know, just, just hit go and have products produced on the shelf. Right. No. And that makes absolute, you know, sense. I'd say that is the, it's definitely a gap between the producer and the dispensary in terms of who's going to do that manufacturing. If there's a middleman or a company in between, which just specializes in that, that's incredibly efficient. So, you know, companies that want to deal with you, um, what do they need to expect as far as turnaround time? Because I know, you know, I've spoken to a number of the contract manufacturers and timeframes are all over the map. Not a bad thing. I mean, it just means, you know, different companies have different uh, lead times. Yeah, absolutely. We, um, what we, what we do, what we look to do with clients that we have is um, we, we give them a, a, a tutorial at the, at the onset of our relationship. We tell them uh, what the process is going to look like in terms of the timelines, uh, what we're going to need from them and when they can expect to get de- deliverables from us. Um, mm-hmm. And what, what we found is that the biggest bottleneck to getting a product on the shelf is packaging. Um, and so we coach clients out front um, to, to make sure they get their packaging ordered. Uh, we have in-house compliance. We make sure that the, the comp- that the, the, our clients will send over proofs, their packaging and also the labeling so that compliance can sign those off. And then they can they can get the the, the packaging and labels ordered. Um, and what we will look to do is to have the clients scheduled in, uh, slotted into our production schedule, so that as soon as their uh, packaging or, and labeling arrives at our facility, we can begin production within a seven day period. And we will usually be able to turn around uh, the the products uh, to distribution uh, for for eventual sale to retail within about ten working days. Um, you know, we have the ability at our facility here to, uh, work 24 seven if we want to. And so, uh, you know, we, if we need to have extra shifts, we need to have extra employees. We're going to do that just to make sure that as soon as we've got all the packaging and labeling, we're ready to go and we can turn that around as quick as possible. Right. And that's, that's key for uh, customers. So let's, let's come back to that after the break. We do have to take a break. Um, coming back with Jason Klein from Anana and I'm Richard Zwicky on the Green Peak. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the US. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success. Cannabis Radio is back with more of the Green Peak. And we're back on the Green Peak. Uh, joining us this week again, of course, is Jason Klein from Anana. And Jason, you know, we're, before the break, we we're talking about about turnaround times and fulfillment times. So, you know, the first time a customer wants to place an order with you, they should expect like a seven to 10 day setup period. And then from there, from each order, it's normally about seven days. Is that correct? For each order between when it gets placed to when it gets shipped? 
Um, I'd say I'd say about ten working days, about about okay. two weeks calendar. Okay, and with that, you know, the customer will have supplied you all the artwork for their packaging. They'll have supplied you all the information that goes into it. Do you print the boxes and the packages? Do you label the product as possible? How, how hands off is it for the customer? Yeah, so we, we, we could offer it both ways. Um, we, we, we don't do the in-house printing, but we have uh, several vendors that we work with that can print uh, packaging, boxes, labels um, that we will outsource uh, and refer clients to, or they can, uh, they can handle it through their own vendors if, if they see fit. Um, and uh, we, we do have a, a couple of design firms that we work with. If clients have absolutely no idea and they want you know, a completely turnkey solution, we do have some, some designers that we refer out to that will design the packaging and labeling so that we're a, a complete turnkey service. Oh, excellent. So, but if they bring you, the, if they deliver the boxes and the, any of the information, you assemble it all for them. So when it's delivered to the dispensary, it's ready to go or... Do correct. they have to do that? Okay. No, correct. We, we, we will, once we get the packaging and labels from a client, we do the formulation, we mm-hmm. do the, the actual manufacturing, uh, and then we will do the, the packaging, uh, labeling, and also put the product into case packets if that's what the client wants. Right. No, and that's, that's what you know, I think most do at this point. Um, the whole point of contract manufacturing is to be hands-off through that step as possible. But that brings me to a different point, which is, of course, compliance and uh, certifications. And how do you handle that? Yeah, uh, compliance is always is always um, uh, fun. It's a very interesting animal. We do have a, an in-house compliance officer who reviews all packaging, all labeling, and all products to make sure they're compliant. And uh, it's it's rather remarkable, but uh, just about every time that we get in a proof for labeling and packaging, there's something that they pick that our compliance officer picks out that needs to be updated or amended. And even if clients already have a product on the shelf, there's still something that, that we found in just about all circumstances that, you know, may, may be a gray area, maybe a red flag, but either way, something that needs to be changed or updated on the packaging. And so what we tell clients is you can guarantee that after you go through Anana, you are gonna have fully compliant packaging products to the T and there will be no no issues with, with regulations. Right, and that that's key. And that you know also goes to final consumer safety because as long as there's traceability and it's been checked at every step, it gives confidence, right? Then anybody Absolutely. wants to make sure there's consumer confidence. Uh, that's a, that is that is exceptionally uh, important in the industry right now. Absolutely. So, you know, when I look across the product offerings that you've put together, um, each market has some variability, but where do you see the current strength and where do you see it being 12 months from now in terms of the products that are in demand? Yeah, the, um, I, I think that the, the current strengths definitely are still the edible products. Um, the, the, the new consumers that are coming into the industry um, and, and even what we call legacy consumers that have been consuming cannabis for, you know, for years now, um, they've, they're really starting to gravitate towards edibles because there's no smell, um, you know, they're easy, you can carry them around. Um, they, they seem to be, you know, the, the preferred uh, choice of, of consumption for, for products, uh, for, for consumers in the market right now. And then in addition, uh, you know, over the past year, beverages have really taken off and have started to take a, you know, a strong foothold um, in the industry. Um, and what, what we're seeing with, with beverages specifically and also with a lot of edibles is there's two types of companies out there right now. There are companies that are 
numbers of tomorrow, where maybe a microdose, maybe it's two and a half milligrams of THC per serving, potentially minor cannabinoids such as CBN, CBD, Delta-8, um, you know, but it's, it's a, a more boutique, more specialized product. Um, and then you've also got uh, a lot of companies that are targeting to the consumers of today or of yesterday who want the most bang for their buck. They want the most THC uh, per serving and the lowest cost. And so there's a, you know, there's a, a battle that's going back and forth right now uh, between which is the better consumer. And one day it will be the, the former, uh, the consumer of tomorrow that wants microdose. Um, right now, you know, there's, there's a, a, a large amount of sales that are going to the consumers of today who want a, a lower cost, higher potency product. Yeah, and, and that makes sense with where the market is, right? And the, you know, there's the the marketplace in many states is still a bit of a jumble between what I would consider to be true medical versus the adult use and recreational space. Absolutely. I mean, you're, you know, you're seeing here in California because the market has matured quite a bit, um, you know, the it's dominated by adult use, uh, recreational, mm -hmm. um, and there's very, very few medical patients because, you know, in, in the past you could go you know, get on a Zoom and you get a, a doctor's note in a couple of minutes and then you're good and you're a medical patient. Now, you know, you've actually got to have periodic consultations. You have to have a real doctor uh, that's prescribing your medication, you know, uh, as you would have with a primary care physician. So there's less less people that are going into the, the, the medical space, um, less medical consumers here in California. But I, I see that as a, a trend in other states where, you know, as soon as recreational adult use is on the table, that starts to dominate the industry. Oh, it does. It does. Absolutely. I mean, uh, it's consumer availability and that's, you know, it just goes. So, you know, with the, with the way the market's developing in California and the distribution that's going on through the dispensaries and everything else, do you see that shifting or changing over the next couple of years with the legislative changes that are, you know, slowly making their way through and will that affect your business? Um, I, I think that the, the biggest change that will affect our business and the industry as a whole would be federal legalization. Um, I have this conversation fairly regularly with, with clients uh, about what the effects will be of federal legalization in interstate uh, commerce and transport. Um, and it will it'll definitely change the way the, the, the nature of the industry once we're able to get flour uh, distillate at lower prices from other lower cost states. Um, that'll, that will make a big difference. Um, and who, who knows when that's actually going to happen, but that would be the biggest legislative change I would see on the horizon. Sure. I mean, the, the lower cost of production is going to have an effect on the entire supply chain. I mean, when it opens up federally, companies like, you know, the one I built down in Columbia originally, which is producing at seven cents a gram, mm. is incredibly uh, competitive in the U.S. market and any international market. But right now it's, you know, the... Uh, the international trade aspect is challenging and the U.S. is not an open market. So, no, you know, not. that's going to affect for you and everybody else. <laughs> yeah, and I think it'll be, you know, it's going to make a big difference with the, um, the extracted cannabis oils. Um, you know, when they're, when they're able to produce a lower cost, it will change the edible and infused products industry. Um, I don't see the same change happening for flour because, you know, uh, good, good flour and cannabis doesn't transport well. So getting it from other states, it's not going to be as, as good as locally sourced, but for the oils and concentrates, it will change the game. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, you mentioned you're getting requests for some more varied products and, you know, you, you throw out some of the cannabinoids that are, they're being requested, you know, obviously for um, cosmeceutical, 
you get different demands than you do for uh, topicals that are for pain or anything else. Are you seeing much shift in that market yet in California or is that still early? It's, it's still early. Um, I'm seeing the, you know, there's a lot of the, I think the majority of the consumers right now are unfamiliar with uh, a lot of the minor cannabinoids that are offered. Um, and so, you know, those are starting to take foothold in the, the edible products. They haven't taken as much foothold uh, in the topical products just because it's not as effective a de- of a delivery method and also their, their higher cost um, to, to extract and to source. But as, as costs go down and as people become more familiar with minor cannabinoids and what the effects are, I think it will start to take hold. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. I know I've got worked with and looked at some formulations around uh, cosmeceuticals for wrinkles and other things that, yes, it's more expensive, but it's uh, very, very interesting in the market for terms of, you know, people want that. People want, you know, uh, anti-aging uh, things that make them look younger are always powerful, just like for men, anything that makes hair grow is uh, powerful <laughs> as well. Um, with that, Absolutely. we do have to take a break, um, but we'll be back in another moment with uh, Jason Klein from uh, Inanna. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take anywhere treat. Climbing our way up, up, up to the Cannabis Summit of Success. Cannabis Radio is back with more of the Green Peak. And we're back on the Green Peak. Uh, I'm Richard Zwicky with Jason Klein. And Jason, uh, just before the break, we we're talking about you know some of the minor cannabinoids that uh, you know I've seen that people are looking for to put into uh, different preparations, and that you know raised the question. Almost touched on it just before the break, which is, you know, there's a lot of products that are out there also that uh, people need to be aware of and and wary of. Do you get many requests for products that you think, you know, you don't want to deal with? Um, we, we, we do get, we do get some, some requests for sure. Um, we get, uh, we, we get clients that want to have products that, um, either are unsafe because they, they may not have a banned ingredient, but we're not comfortable with the additives, uh, and the artificial, um, chemicals that are used in the product or also with the ingestion method. Um, you know, it's, I mean, you, we really want to stay above board and have things that are orally consumable, um, topically consumable. Um, and we get, you know, we do get asked for, for, for alternative delivery methods that we're not comfortable with. Hmm, interesting. So people are coming to you with formulations or that really individually the compounds haven't been properly tested or have shown some uh, suspect characteristics. Yes, that, that and, um, you know, we will get, we'll, we'll get products that could be consumed a couple of different ways and mm-hmm. they may be um, you know, intended to be um, consumed orally, let's say, but they could also be used uh, you know, for, for smoking, for dabbing, something like that. 
And so while it may be safe as an edible, it wouldn't be safe as a smokable. And they may be advertised as an edible, but we know which way clients are going to use them. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we kind of, we, we steer away from them because we see the risk and, you know, we, we don't want to be associated with any products that have any adverse health risks. Yeah. And, you know, on that, I know that that's one thing that's going to come to the forefront in the market once uh, federal legalization happens is liabilities. Yeah. And in the U.S., that can look backwards quite a ways. So you mm-hmm. have to protect yourself. How, how do you advise the customer with regards to that? Or do you, other than just turning down a product? Yeah, we no, we we really do. Uh, we try to be a holistic company and offer a, a full suite of services. And we'll so we will consult clients. If we have a concern, we're not just going to turn them down. We're going to tell them what we're thinking, um, and then uh, take it to legal counsel and make sure first: is there any legal restrictions or barriers to having this product on the market? And then if not, uh, we still have concerns. We'll talk to clients about the the chemical makeup, uh, the the actual what what goes into the product, and we'll tell them what we have concerns about and, you know, how we think it could be resolved. Uh, what we found is that, you know, if it's a company that's coming in and they want to they make one of these products, they're not so concerned with the, you know, the licensure risk or the, the liability because we are the licensee for them. We're the ones that are responsible. So we're much more concerned. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get, we get clients all the time that'll say something is a gray area or there's a, a low risk of enforcement or if this was flagged, you know, it would be a slap on the wrist and it's fine for them. But for us, we're not comfortable with operating in the gray area. We're not comfortable with something that has a low risk. We want to have, you know, as little risk to none at all. Right. And so on that, that actually broaches two questions. One, do you have a chemist on staff or somebody who specifically uh, understands all those compositions? And second, do you have your own formulations that customers are coming in and picking up as, you know, ordering? based on their branding or do you always use their formulations? Yeah, great, great question. So we have a, a director of, uh, of, of research and development who has a background uh, with a, a wide variety of, of consumer product goods. Um, and he also is a chemist. And so we do consult with him in-house. And then we also have several uh, food chemists and food scientists that we will send products out to uh, to assess the shelf life stability, to check water activity, just to make sure that you know the the product is stable and that it's safe for clients. Um, and then in terms of the products that we offer to clients, you know we we do work with a lot of clients that bring in their own uh, their own formulations and recipes. But mm-hmm. uh, probably the majority of clients use the off the shelf uh, formulations and recipes that we've put together because we found that when a client brings a recipe in. We have to run research and development to make sure that we can do the process, that the quality comes out uh, according to the client's specifications. And then also we have to figure out the costing. We're in a low margin uh, business. And so we need to know exactly what our cost is to produce a product so that we can quote appropriately. So all of that takes time um, versus when we have a, 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 a formulation that we've already put together, we know what the costing is. We've already done the testing on it. We know that it's a good product. And we find a lot of clients come in and that's what they want to gravitate towards. They don't want to have to figure out their own recipe formulation. They don't want to, you know, have the time and expense to do that. Um, so, and, and so we, we really do focus on, on being able to offer uh, existing formulations and recipes to clients. And we're constantly uh, innovating and coming up with new products and new flavors that we can offer. Right. And so, you know, you mentioned something there around the testing. Um, if somebody comes to you and wants a particular formulation that isn't one you make, 
how do you put it through stability testing? Yeah, so we, um, we, we work with a couple of labs that do accelerated shelf life um, stability testing. And mm -hmm. so uh, the, the way that that works is for every week that they have the product in the accelerated testing, it equals one month of shelf life stability. So okay. what we'll, yeah, so what we'll tell clients is, you know, if you want to see six months of shelf life stability and have that be verified, it's going to take six weeks for, for that accelerated testing to go through um, and vice versa. But that's, you know, that, that's the, the, the process that we go through with clients. And we'll, we'll, we'll usually start that with a new product right off the bat because it takes a while to get through contracts and to get the packaging and labeling in. And so, you know, every week counts in terms of verifying that shelf life stability. Right. And that, that's highly accelerated at that point when yes. you're doing that. So, um, you know, but for products are moving so quickly, you're, you know, not likely to run into any of the issues, which I know, like when dealing in Brazil, it's a complete different thing. You're dealing with uh, uh, zone 4B, I believe it is. And, you know, you're having to deal with uh, 100 plus degrees and humidity is about 80 odd percent, which is not reasonable in the U.S., <laughs> Uh, no. Commonly, the hot areas tend to be drier, except Florida. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that's uh, but that's an important thing. And you're, you know, the California markets, you know, if uh, the stability is going to be a complete different thing. And that's for you know any listeners who aren't familiar with it. It's basically making sure the product doesn't break down or change its chemical composition within a certain time frame, so that you know when you buy it, it's going to have a shelf life and an expiry date that line up. And ideally, the uh, shelf life extends past the expiry date. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely don't want a product to, to be on the shelf and sit for a while and then a consumer to purchase it and it's not what they, they thought it was going to be. Right. And, you know, that's something which I've had, uh, I've had comments from in the past where people purchase products and even by the time delivered because they hadn't gone through that type of proper testing, the product was unusable by the time they were, they received it, and that's always disheartening to see uh, companies and uh, you know entrepreneurs go through that and not have a path forward at that point. It's an unusable product. Yeah, that's 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 a terrible waste and would would necessitate a recall, and it's a, a lot of time and expense unnecessarily if you check the boxes and do the testing up front. Yeah, and um, you know, and that's something which. Uh, I think a lot of people who are at the dispensary level or the customer level, and even at the manufacturing level, you know, everybody's a specialist in their own area and doesn't recognize the number of steps that go into the uh, the processing and this being a key part in terms of uh, doing the, the contract manufacturing and manufacturing as a whole, uh, where the viability for the product comes into play and the role of the manufacturer into it. It's not just, you know, we want to buy this product or these specs. It's actually making sure there's the viability of the product in the long run uh, as an extended period. So, you know, when you look at the next few months, Jason, where do you see your biggest, you know, what are you most excited about and what's your biggest challenge? Uh, you know, what I'm, what I'm most excited about is uh, we, we have a machine that's coming in uh, that's a pressed pill machine, and that's one of the most underserved uh, parts of the market that I see right now. Um, you know, I think pressed pills are great. They're an easy, um, easy consumption. They're very easy to carry. And uh, as long as you have an adjustable, you can have a higher milligram dosage. Um, so I'm super excited about us getting in that machine and being able to make those products. Um, I found that, especially with some of the minor cannabinoids, you know, you really want to get a, a higher dose than what, what you'd be able to get in a, a, an edible or infused product. 
um, and what you're able to do through through press tablets. So that's mm-hmm. that's what I'm super excited uh, about to be able to get that and and start um, you know producing those products. Um, you know, and I think the the biggest challenges that that we have in the next few months is really just dialing in our efficiencies because you know our because our margins are so low. Uh, we really, really get down to the penny in the minute in terms of every product we produce. So we're constantly innovating, finding quicker techniques, better machinery that we can make products so that we can deliver a lower cost to our clients. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's, and then in the long run, that's going to serve you very well because that's why you, you know, quality and cost is really, and, you know, efficiency and time and delivery is what's going to keep the customers coming back with, to you over and over again. But, you know, we're out of time, Jason, but if customers or listeners want to learn more, you know, uh, are looking for products to be manufactured or want to learn more about this aspect of the industry, how should they reach you? Yeah, they can, they can find us online at www.inana.co. Um, and all of our contact info is there. They can see more info on us and contact us directly. Perfect. Well, thanks for joining us today. And, uh, you know, the discussion on the contract manufacturing was really interesting and uh, some of the challenges that you're facing and uh, opportunities as well. So thank you. And thanks to our listeners for uh, tuning in once again. Look forward to chatting with you again next week on Richard's Wiki with the Green Peak. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.